Hey everybody, you didn't get rid of me that easy. I'm back, and I'm Katie, and welcome to the Board Game Mechanics. With me, as always, is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. And Jason is both here with and without me. So thank you. Yes, (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Like, you're here when I'm on the podcast, and then you're also here when I'm not on the podcast. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Gotcha. So thanks for letting me take a sabbatical last week. Um, Yeah, I started teaching two new classes. I had a week to rewrite syllabi for each of them, um, one without a textbook, and then I got the textbook and it wasn't any help anyway. Um, So it's it's been crazy. This week is still crazy, but um, I'm managing (laughs) somehow. So thanks, you guys. I I missed I missed I missed the podcast last week. I really did. I miss talking about games with you guys. Yeah, I missed uh, having you because it was just a lot of me talking and talking and talking for like 30 minutes, which I thought was not possible. But yeah, I know. Like you are like, I'll just let you do the talking and I'll just say, yeah, and like add my two cents and that's it. So (laughs) you guys got like a straight to the point podcast last week without my rambling. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of rambling, but getting through <laughs> 10 games from somebody takes some time. I, th- I underestimated how long it would take. That's a lot of games. If I had run the podcast, we could only do five total. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just have a lot to say. All the time. Speaking of things to say, I've got some news to tell you about. So first off on news, um, I want to talk about Lords of Vegas. Has this been out for a while? Yes. Ten years, in fact. Because on Kickstarter right now, it's the 10th anniversary edition. But it's not just Lords of Vegas. They do have a new expansion called Underworld. So with this Kickstarter, you can get Lords of Vegas if you don't have it. You can get um, a like the other expansion they had called Up. So that's there. They also have like this fancy edition where you can get like a boss bundle where you get this like custom attache case that has like poker chips to use with it. Um, And then you get this new um, expansion called Underworld that there's like mobsters and shady dealers and stuff. So it looks to be like they're really like amping this sucker up. So if you like Lords of Vegas, which I've never played and I've always been interested in it, um, but I don't know if I know anyone that has it. Do we know anyone that has this? Uh, I don't know. I would, I would say if anybody, new hotness buddy has it. Yeah, we'll have to check in with him. Even though we're caught up in Clank Legacy right now, <laughs> it's not like we'll get to play it. That, but. That's true. Um, if you like Lords of Vegas or if you've been wanting a copy of it, now is your chance. Um, if you just, or you have it and you just want the new expansion, it's twenty only $24 for um, the Underworld expansion. If you want the Up expansion and the Underworld expansion, that's $57. Bucks. Um, if you want the whole shebang, that's going to cost you some mucho dinero. So Jason's not back in this one, even if he liked the game. Nope, I'm out. But if you wanted everything, the boss bundle, it is $250. Well, I'm out five times on that one. Or more. So, I mean, you get, like, this briefcase that is, like, really mobster, and there's slots for everything, and you get these custom poker chips. Um, Like, it's super swanky, and that's without shipping. Um, So that doesn't even have the base set or up. 
that first expansion they did, if you want like absolutely everything, because that, that only includes the new stuff. If you want everything, it's $299 for the 10th anniversary boss bundle. So you get the briefcase, the poker chips, the Lords of Vegas base set, the up expansion, the underworld expansion. You get a big score promo card. You get dealer's choice soft cover. You get, you get the PDF. You get the ebook. It's a lot of stuff. So if you really are into Lords of Vegas, this is the way to go. Um, so if that interests you, or if you'd like an expansion maybe, um, check it out. There are 12 days left on that Kickstarter, and you can get that underworld expansion for just 24 bucks. so that's not too bad. Yeah, I would like to play this game sometime. There were, I think somebody posted about it in the Riveted group maybe a couple weeks ago or something, and it, there's an episode of Tabletop that they play it on too, which is pretty neat. They do? I haven't seen that I'm one. I'm pretty sure they played it. I, I believe it's got the dice, and you put like these buildings around the dice. I think it's Lords of Vegas. I didn't watch that. I thought I'd watched every episode of Tabletop. Well, except the ones that you had to pay for. Nobody's watched well, those. No, we haven't. Because I like you. <laughs> That's true. We haven't. And a lot of other people haven't either. Okay, another game I want to talk about. And honestly, this is the last game I'm going to talk about. Because most of the games I saw that I was interested in on Kickstarter were card games. And I want to talk about this card game. This actually is a shout out to Fan Zero McCorney, who told me about it. And it's called the Great Barrier Reef card game. And this is actually a card game where you are getting cards that have different fish on them and you're like creating your own reef. And what's really cool is you get these scorecards that come out and you don't know, like each game is different because it'll determine, um, like say maybe one of the score, the points is four in a block and you want to get four of a certain type of fish in a block. Well, each game you assign what kind of fish likes to be like that or wants to be next to a certain other fish. So there's a ton of replayability with that. And then as you're laying cards, there's these numbers that come up and that um, tells you which school to pick from to get your next card. So you're trying to hit these points. You can also use like coral and coral will like max out. You can like do combos and get higher bonuses for meeting some of these goals. Um, And then there's like these, I forget they're called spider urchins or something. They actually eat coral. And so you want to cover those up so they don't give you negative points. Um, A simple card game. They say the rules are only like on one page, but it looks like there's a lot of like thinky decisions and like really pretty fish. It looks nice. So um, if you're interested in that, check out the Kickstarter for Great Barrier Reef, the card game. Um, It is, it has 17 days left. And the basic game is only 15 bucks so really affordable because it's cards yeah it's a card game well it but it looks like a fun thinky card game yeah i mean it's only 15 bucks which isn't bad for a card game so if you're gonna roll the dice on one and roll the dice on a card game this might be the one to do that on well there's like it comes with a pad of score sheets you've got with these scoring markers that are a little like um coral pieces i think those look like shaped meatballs i'm in yeah you do lo- you do love that i do so it, it it's um from Travel Buddy Games. Um, so it's designed to be kind of fun and simple. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool name. That's what I got. I'm just going to give an update on something that is exciting to me. And that is Terra Mystica and Gaia Project are being brought back to America. So I guess reprints or whatever. The partnership with Capstone Games and F- I, it's not Fuhrerland, 
but it looks like Furyland. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to say that word, but it looks like that. So that's a German company. No surprise there. And uh, so they're going to be coming back to America holiday 2020. I don't know what that means. We have lots of holidays in 2020. So yeah. um, just pick one. And then if you go to the store, maybe it'll be there. But that that's exciting to me. So new new versions of Terra Mystica. Seems to be leaving a lot to chance there. Yeah, I mean, what's the next holiday? July 4th? Um, no, Memorial Day. Yeah, so Memorial Day 2020, Terra Mystica and Guy Project coming back out. Don't spread lies. It's holiday. It's a holiday 2020. What if, what if it's a German holiday? We don't know. They just have one October, holiday? Oktoberfest. No, Capstone's from Cincinnati. This is a Capstone announcement. Well, in Fearland, I don't know. I have not not played Terra Mystica or Gaia Project, so I have no feelings about this. You need to play Terra Mystica. It's really good. Do we own that? We do own it, yes. I think many times you have said that I would like it, and yet you have never played it with me. It has arbitrary tracks just over to the side, which, you know, that makes a good game. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's really good. We'll have to play it sometime. Yeah, for sure. So, if you don't have Terra Mystica and you wanted one, you don't want to go out on BGG and get robbed, it's, oh. it's, it's coming back. So be on the lookout for that holiday 2020. And that's my one piece of news. So speaking of games we haven't played, let's talk about games that we actually have played. And we got some decent gaming in this week. We did all by ourselves. Nobody else came over. Um, We we obeyed all of the social distancing rules. We were adhering to strict, strict governor's orders. No, just kidding. We had some game night. We don't even feel bad about it. So feel a little bad. I, I don't feel bad at all. So the first game we played, and I think we all, yeah, we played all three of these games. Me, you, and the couple that didn't come over. Uh, mm-hmm. The first game is called Black Fleet, and it's from Space Cowboys. And this is a pickup and deliver game with pirates. So you, so you know it's good. Right. I I love a good pirate theme, and like I like Black Fleet because it's. Pretty simple and straightforward. You're playing cards to allow you to move your merchant boat, your pirate boat, and then the naval ships that are actually going to protect your merchant boats, but are after your pirates. I also like how tactile this game is. Um, The artwork on the cards is really cute, number one. Secondly, your boats are really, like, nice, chunky boats. I mean, yes, they're plastic, but they have spaces to actually hold cubes of goods. Like, they're interactive. You fill up your little ship with the cargo. I love that. And then your pirate ship can, you know, can, like, steal one so it can go bury it. Like, that's so great. Plus, for, like, a really inexpensive game, it has metal coins, does it have enough metal coins? No. <laughs> not even close. Not, not for four players. <laughs> However, they are metal and they're awesome. They are really nice. Like the production on this game is amazing. And normally this wouldn't be a game that we would look at. Well, I wouldn't look at twice. But one year Day was having like a Black Friday sale and it was like 72 cents or something like that. I mean, it was a little more than that, but it was super cheap, maybe five bucks. So I was like, eh, for five bucks, it could, you know, we could take a shot on it. And we did. And it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's good. Like, even aside from the fact that production is really great on it, you know, as you're collecting money, as you're like turning in your goods and or robbing goods um, and, you know, taking care of pirates and whatnot, and you're collecting this these doubloons, then you are like paying to 
kind of move through these cards almost machi koro style in a way where you're building up to the highest number. But every time that you pay to flip over one of those cards, you're getting a new power. So it's fun to see, and everyone's are different. So it's fun to see what comes out, what you're allowed to do. Do you get extra movement? Can you swap boats? Can you do all these different things? Um, so it's like constantly changing. And you're always looking at what's happening on other people's turns because their boats affect your boats. Boats, boats, boats. Yeah. Uh, an- another cool thing is it's almost a roll and move. But you're flipping a card, so the card's telling you how far you can move. So, in a sense, it's similar, but you have two cards you can choose from, so you're not just stuck at the mercy of one die roll, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and you you get, like, these other cards that'll allow you to kind of work within that, so... Break rules to movement and all that stuff. Yeah. So, I like it. It's fun. It's not, like, ridiculously challenging, but it's a nice, you know, fun little game. Yep, I agree. The next game we played, I know little to nothing about. I remember it was at Origins, maybe last year or the year before, and Jason was really into it because it had a rondelle, and that is Roundhouse. I couldn't tell you who designed it, who makes it. It's from Emperor S4 and Deep Water. The sure. Designer, I have no idea. Um, so Roundhouse, what I do like about it is it has like uh, an Asian like art design to it, where you have these people and you're moving around this roundhouse and you're collecting goods selling goods doing um using these like workers that you have to try and get points through like amulets and money and um completing contracts uh, am i not selling it well no that's right was that a, yeah was that a jason like explanation i just gave of roundhouse it was you're learning you're you're, you're learning young padawan uh, I, I think the reason why Jason explained it is because I didn't really like it. <laughs> what? It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a no. there's a rondelle. You have two workers, family members is what they call them, because we like to be thematic here. Yeah. Look at you. With and, the and the rondelle has two tracks. There's an inside track and an outside track, and you're allowed to move one to three spaces. And if there's somebody on the space, that space doesn't count. So sometimes you can move, you know, six spaces because there's other people in the way. But the trick here is once you get to this, the ending of the rondelle. So once you go around the rondelle one time, you have to stop and do like a worship action. And it's going to give you like a bonus, like a one-time bonus. Or you can take all these people that you've been putting on these um, cities, these villages, by going to visit the merchant. And you can worship at the altar, which advances the round. And then you're going to be doing this like snake little grid thing to score some points and be able to collect different amulets or types of goods and stuff. That part's kind of weird, but you can get a lot of points from it. So it's pretty important to the game. Yeah, that's okay. Katie's wrong on this. I've played it twice and it's it gets better the second time. The first time I mean, is a little overwhelming. Like, it's not like I can't handle all the things happening. Um, so I, I think I would maybe give it another go. Just because I have a, a better idea of what I should spend my time doing. But I just didn't find it that compelling. I I don't know. I, it just was okay. It was okay. Great game. All right. So the la- last <laughs> game we're going to talk about that we played. Um, is actually a great game. Yes, is actually a great game. Uh, and it's not Clank Legacy because we are still playing that. Uh, but the game we're going to talk about today is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Simon. Simon's killing it. With these good Euro games. <laughs> yes, you you wholeheartedly support Simon now. <laughs> no, this is a cranio. It's in America from Simon. Uh, so yeah, you can go ahead and talk about this if you want. I think I've talked about it before, so I'll let you talk about it this time. 
Yeah, I really like Lorenzo. So um, in Lorenzo, there are these three dice that are rolled and then you have workers that match the colors of the dice. And so you use their pit value um, to take actions. And so you're trying to draft these cards off of these four towers and some of them will go into um, one of two engines that you can run at some point during the game or they are give you in-game bonuses or they give you end-game bonuses. And so you're trying to use the pips. You can only go to a tower that someone else is at if you pay a tax. Money's tight. You, there's also a faith track where you're trying to keep the Catholic Church off your back. No, no, no. Um, no, you said it wrong. <laughs> you're trying to keep the Catholic Church from slapping you around. That's how we like to say it. I believe the phrase you used was when Catholics attack. <laughs> that is the phrase I use. And I don't feel bad about it at all. <laughs> However, I do not endorse that. <laughs> so Catholic Church, do not get mad at us. Uh, it was just the it's game. The game. We're being silly. It it's might fine. have been the Inquisition. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> don't send Sister Mary after me. Okay, but come on, when Catholics attack is hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't uh, make that the subtitle of this episode. Oh, don't do it. Too late. <laughs> Bleep yourself. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So you're trying to also maintain that track as well. So you only have four actions that you can take on each one of your turns. Also, one of those actions is with kind of a dummy family member who has no value. So you have to use these apprentice type workers to go with him to help him do the thing right. So you're, you're also making sure you have apprentice workers, that you're getting them off of either card bonuses or you're going to a special place to, to get those, or you're running one of your engines that generate those. Um, there is a lot to keep track of in this game, um, but it's, it's so good. Um, and and we, there are lots of different ways to play it. For some reason this time, it just worked out that I could buy a lot of purple cards, which are in-game scoring. So I was way behind for a long time and then kind of caught up a little bit better towards the end. Did you win? No. Oh. I I didn't win. That that figures. I know. It's because I didn't get other things going. Yeah. Like my my engine wasn't working. I didn't get any good cards that I could generate good stuff by running either one of my engines. So it was a, a big fail. Also, my family, like you get these, they're not, I don't know if they're family members, these like patron cards kind of. That if you can reach the goal on them, you can get some really powerful bonuses. And uh, I could not get any of my goals. It was terrible. It was just, it was, it was a bad game all around for me. It should have been live streamed. That's what it felt like, how bad it was. I think you still beat me. So, I mean, I was third place. I, I did beat you, but I don't know if that counts anymore to me as a win. Oh, that's it. We're doing a live stream. No. <laughs> yeah, the thing, one of the things that irritates me about this game is those um, little pieces that cover up some certain spots that you can go to at less than four four players. So we didn't do that. And I think the game still f- was hard and was tight oh, yeah. and punishing. So I'm just going to take those pieces and burn them because they're ridiculous. <laughs> it's only because you think they're mean and we really don't ever want to play a heavy Euro at four. Yeah, that's ever. true. That's true. And I, but I want to be able to go wherever I want to go. Like... Just because I'm playing at two players, don't tell me that I can't go to this other spot that doesn't even make sense why I can't go there. Like I understand the, the I understand the multiple production places. I get that one, but like getting two different favors or five coins, why can't I do that? That's dumb. Obviously, someone that designed the game felt that those were unnecessary at less than four. Well, they were wrong. 
Whatever. I don't... Ah. It was still hard. I mean, we played at three, so I feel like it was hardly like a two-player game that really needed spaces blocked off. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Lorenzo. It is super thinky. It is very difficult. You're constantly making tough decisions. You're constantly out of money. You're constantly out of workers. I mean... It's just it, it it is it is brutal. Yeah. You have no stone, no wood. Yeah. It's it's tough. Yep, but it's still such a good game because it's it is really brain burning and I like it about that. So that was fun to play. Yeah, so those were the three games we played. Um we both played them together. I know you guys probably get tired of hearing about all the games we play together, but we're in a pandemic and we're quarantined and we live in the same house. So uh yeah, I think that is what it is. Yeah, we're not going to move in for other people just to play different <laughs> games played. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, or yesterday, last week, it was just me talking about games I played. So that was a little different. But I also probably played those games. So. You, yeah, I think you did play a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. So those are good games that we played. So our feature for this episode is where we take a look at games... Again, and this is really hard for me. Um, I have been trying to not be so quick to judge like, a game. Like with Roundhouse? I, like with Roundhouse. I said I would give another go, okay? And so the games tonight that we're talking about are games that we previously said we can't stand. We played them again for your benefit, people. Because otherwise, you fool me once, you're done. I don't give you a second chance. I'm over it. Uh, to be fair, I didn't say I couldn't stand them. I said I felt meh. Yes, but you about them. You don't. You neither obsessively love something or completely detest something. You're always right in the middle ground. So the mat was the best we can get. That's true. You're right. So I right. detested these games. I spoke strongly against them. There are actually still some games that I refuse to play again. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I hate that game so much. It's not happening. But there were a few that I was willing to try again, and so. That's what our episode is about tonight. Let's talk about a couple of those games. So the first one for me that Jason made me play again is Broom Service. Um, and you loved I, it. I haven't even gotten to that part yet. So this is a Ravensburger game, right? <laughs> yes, and Alexander Fister and Look somebody at me. else. I remembered the company. Good, good job, good job. <laughs> That's because it's in this really hideous, like old-looking box, and I just remember the blue, like Ravensburger thing on the top of the purple box. Yep. Um, so Broom Service, the first time I played it, I did not like it. I just thought this is arbitrary. It wasn't working out. I don't understand. So we played it again, um, and I think another reason why we haven't played this again sooner is we can't play it too, or it's terrible too, or something. Yeah, you can play it. It's just not. That's interesting. So I had completely forgotten like all the mechanisms and that you had all these cards and you choose to play so like four on your turn and you flip them over. And then there's all this other stuff. So it was basically like playing this game for the first time for me. I don't know if maybe it was explained poorly the first time we played it or I don't I don't know. But I had a completely different experience. The game made sense to me this time. And I don't know if we had tried to play this like early on in our gaming experience and I just yeah, that could be. That would make sense. We've had Was it for a while. Was it into it or something? But I, I did I did enjoy it this time. Um, I won, so that helps, for sure. Like, I won, like, handily, actually. The rest of you fools, yeah. I'll know what yeah. you're doing. Um, but you're, you're, I like that. We, what were you doing? I was going to say, we were not being brave. <laughs> it's not that you weren't being brave. You're being brave at the wrong time. <laughs> like, it, you were just, like, off doing weird stuff. You weren't being brave or cowardly. You were just kind of being. <laughs> we were but just not floating in a good around. way. Um, 
So that that kind of simultaneous <laughs> card action that you have in this game. So everyone p- chooses from this. What? How many cards? Ten. It's ten cards. You play four each round, or maybe more or less, depending on the event. Yeah. So you play four of those cards to decide what actions you want to do, because you're ultimately trying to pick up potions and deliver them in different places on the map. Um, and then you also might have to get rid of some weather to do so, or you know, move some stuff around. Places might get blocked. That sort of thing. You. Um, I, and and that is is fine. What I really enjoyed about this playthrough this time, so then, so then you're you're choosing. I guess I should go back. You're choosing this card, and you say if you want to be brave or cowardly, which tells you what what exponent, I guess, of the action, what strength of the action you can do. Right. Yeah. So cowardly for the druids is essentially the same, but brave's a little better. But the witches are able to deliver with brave. Otherwise, if you're cowardly, you can just move. So yes. Yeah, so but you only get to do a brave action if you're the last person who played that card to be brave. And so you don't know what other people chose. When you start out with playing a card, you're like, uh, maybe I'm the only one that, that played this, so I want to be brave, but chances are I might not be, don't want to be cowardly, but I really want to accomplish stuff. So that kind of like outthinking of your opponents is really fun. But the part I love the most this time was the event cards, and I don't remember those at all from the first time we played this. Um, I don't know if I was sleeping. I don't know what happened, but I don't remember them at all. But for me, those really made the game because they let you either leverage being cowardly is better or do other actions in exchange for points, play less to get points. Um, and for me, that was like the deal breaker. I think that's what really helped me win the game because I. Yeah, you got, you got like 18 points that one round and played yeah, one card. Because I'm that good, people. But it just it, – it's nice that it, it kind of changes up that flow. You have another option to play if you feel like, oh, everyone's going to do this this turn. The events can kind of put that on its head, let you go for something different, mix it up a little bit. And, and I really enjoyed it. I think I would play this one again, actually, after being forced to play it a second time. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so – so really, the the crux of the game is the card play. Yes, it has a board, and you're picking up picking up things and delivering them. But the crux of the game is trying to outthink your opponents and try to program movements and hope that the cards come out in that order. Because because that's the tricky part. Is say I play the weather fairy card, but I wanted or you play the weather fairy card, and I wanted to play it last. If you play the weather fairy card and I have it in my hand, I have to play it right now. Right. Right. So I, I was relying on a couple other things that happened before I played that card, but now I got to play it. So it screws me up and I had to kind of like switch my plans around like right now yeah. <laughs> because I had to play that card. So that's the fun part of the game. The rest of it's just kind of there to have something to do and with the I think the since the first time I played it, I've played other games that have simultaneous action selection um, where you're trying to outthink. Like even Revolution, I think, has that sim- a similar mechanism in some ways. Um where it's like, okay, I want to do this, but I can't do it if someone else is doing it, or I can only do it at a certain level. Um, so I think having played other games like that, or games where we all have a certain set of cards and we choose how they're played, that's something that I've really grown to enjoy about a board game. And so I think that that the second time around, um, giving this game a second chance, I really, um, I really liked it. So that's broom service. It's 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 okay. <laughs> and hearing grown adults say, I'm a brave weather fairy. Is I really don't fun. care about that, actually. But I know that's what you care about. I know. I like it. But yeah, thanks, babe, for making me play it again. You're welcome. See, I, I knew you'd like it. 
All, all these years, you've been ragging on that game. There are other games I can rag on. All right. <laughs> all right, so another game that I played, well, I guess the first game I want to talk about that I played that I gave a second chance to, only because I had to do a review, is called Chronicles of Crime from Lucky Duck Games. And this one was not the base game, so the regular version. This was the Notre Dame 1400 or whatever. I don't remember the year. But essentially, it's the same game. If you don't know what this game is, you are detectives, and you're trying to solve this crime. And you're doing that by visiting these locations or these people, and you're scanning a QR code with your phone to get information about like some of the people, some of the locations. And you may have to go into these different places and inspect the crime scene. So you'll put the phone up to your your face and you'll look around in like 360 degrees, see what you can find on the ground and on the walls and stuff. It's kind of interesting, but at the end of the day, it's Sherlock Holmes consulting detective with a phone. So while I see why people like this game, it still is not one for me. Just too much reading, not enough playing. So this is Notre Dame 1400. And from someone who loves Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, comparing this to that, I think is not 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 good enough. <laughs> like I, I would agree. I actually think I like Sherlock Holmes better than this. Because there there really isn't that much reading in this. Actually, there's a little bit, but not as much as Sherlock, obviously. But I feel like the novelty of scanning the codes and stuff, it I I feel like it it wasn't hard enough. And and maybe that's me tooting my own horn. But I was like, this is it, really? Like. And maybe it's because I've been playing a lot of consulting detective. And so I've had to really work hard to solve a case. But I, I, I just felt like the content wasn't good enough. Um, we didn't live up to the, the cool factor of how to scan these codes and move around and stuff. So I'm with, I'm with you yeah. on this one. It's okay. I think people might like it better than consulting detective because it's shorter. It, it is. That's true. So you can play a game of it in like an hour. I think when we did the the scenario that we did, the only one we have for that new version, it took us like an hour or less until we you were able to figure it out. And I say you because you did most of the the solving there. But it was really so maybe easy. that's yeah, it was pretty easy. Like I totally agree. But maybe that's what people like about it more. They like the app part, makes them feel like they're playing a video game or something. I don't really know. Not for me. I don't hate it, but it's not something that I feel the need to ever play again. Yeah. So, I feel like you have all these light games that you're replaying, and I'm replaying, like, these serious games. So, the next game I replayed is Vinos from our dear, dear friend, Uncle Vital, who I do. I adore and cherish that little Portuguese man. Um, but Vinos was just, I, I had a bad experience. I had a bad experience. The first Start calling you left ear. I know. The first time I played it, <laughs> it was a bad experience. And uh, and I want to talk about it, so I I avoided it, and I was like, no, Vinos is not good. I don't want to play it again. So Jason convinced me to play it again. Um, so Vinos is wine themed game. You are getting vineyards in different areas of Portugal, obviously, um, and then you're creating wine, and you're trying to get really good wine. You're aging it. You're taking it to a wine fair where experts are going to decide if they like it. And you're getting points for all these different things, for selling barrels, all kinds of stuff. Um, the first time I played it, I had no clue what was happening. None of it made sense. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. 
Uh, I didn't understand the actions. I didn't understand the wine fair. I don't know if I still understand the wine fair completely, but I understand how to get there and what I need to do in order to be effective at said wine fair. So I think I won when we played this. Yes, I think you did. Yes. So that that's always a plus for me on a game. However, this is definitely my least favorite Lacerda, for sure. Um, uh, you haven't you haven't played CO two yet, but yeah. <laughs> oh no 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 see- no! Kanban's worse than this. Kanban is worse. Oh, than this. Kanban's so good. Venus is so good. I can't stand Kanban. That'll I maybe I need. Uh, I I think I no maybe I haven't played third it. chance games. <laughs> maybe I haven't played Kanban twice. Ah, I feel like I did. Maybe no, not. I think you only played. I think it I only played it once, and so I, it's the worst. Then Vinos. Um, it was okay. I I like that there's really an economy of actions. That when you're moving around to choose your next action, if you want to go further than just the adjacent actions, you got to pay for it or have a card to let you do that. So I think that's cool. Um, I think there are some really neat things about this. I just, it's just okay. Like it's an okay game, and I play it again. But it's nowhere near what I love about Lisboa or the Gallerist. Like, those are, are so far beyond. This I mean, I, I I agree with you there. Lisboa and the Gallerist are hands down better than this game. But I do enjoy this game quite a bit. I don't so. mind it. But if I'm going to play a game about growing grapes and making wine, I, I honestly would rather play Viticulture. Um, just because... It's sort of a similar experience, but in a lighter, what I think is a more fun way to go about it. Um, yeah, Vit- Viticulture is like the micro version of Vinos, which is the macro version. In Vinos, you're running multiple vineyards. In Viticulture, you're running your vineyard. So yeah. it's a different type of experience. Well, but I feel like you can develop it a little bit more, and I like that. Like, I can build up my one vineyard, and I'm adding trellises and I'm adding these different buildings and you know, then I can do different things with my wine and try different grapes. And I, That's true. I, I like that about it, uh, about viticulture that Vinos doesn't have. Um, but there are some good things about Vinos and I would, I would play it again. Um, and again, it's not the worst Lacerda. So that's something. Well, I mean, it's hard too because he only has like six games. So, well, but I mean, it's no secret how much we we really revere Uncle Vitel yeah, on this podcast. True. So, um, you know, his worst game is better than you know ninety percent of all the games created. But um, oh yeah, Vinos might crack my top one hundred, but it's not going to be too far above one hundred. So it wasn't bad. Pretty okay. All right. So, so far, you have looked fa- more favorably on your games than I have on my one. <laughs> so, let's see if my next one can redeem it a little bit. So, it's the true. next game I want to talk about is a game from Dr. Reiner Knizia, and it is called The Quest for El Dorado. But we didn't play the base version. We played the sequel, The Quest for El Dorado, The Golden Temples, or The Golden Temple. I'm not sure. It's essentially the same thing, except the the one we played. You actually have to go collect these gems, these three colored gems, to co- before you can exit. Where in the base game, you're just trying to race from the beginning to the end of the map. So I played this twice. I played it once solo, two handed. So I was playing two player, one just just me. And then we played it as a four player game. And I'm still not 100 percent that I like this game. Oh my gosh. I, I tried. 
so if you don't know what it is, it's a deck builder. So you're using these cards. They're like little small cards, irrelevant. But you're using these cards to move across this map. Certain types of cards will let you move onto certain spaces. So like a green card with a machete will let you move onto the green machete spaces. The torch will let you move onto the red spaces, so on and so forth. Um, and then if you can't move or you have additional cards, because some of the cards will have coins, you can buy other cards that are going to go into your deck to give you either better actions later that you can keep forever and you just keep recycling through them, or one-time actions that are really powerful. Once you use it, you have to trash the card. So, like, it's a deck builder with a little race aspect to it. While I did like this one better than the first one, because I didn't get stuck for 12 hours, I still don't think that I loved it. I just, if I'm going to play a deck builder, I would rather play Into the Echo Side, oh or Clank. If Especially a, a deck builder where I'm using cards to move around the map. I would rather play Clank than this because I feel like Clank is a superior game and it's more fun. So while this is interesting and it's a cool race and it doesn't outstay its welcome, it's just, I'm done. I'm done with it. It's fine. It's just not that fun. And I'll play something else. You're wrong. Um, I actually had forgotten that I was a deck builder mechanic. I was like, where have I been this whole time? Um, but I, even though I advocated strongly for this game with you, uh, but I really enjoyed it, like, even more, I think, this time. And this one was better. I'll give it that. This one was better. And I, I think I, and I, yes, I do like Clank. And yes, there are some better deck builders. But I think this is a nice way to introduce deck building to people. It's casual. You don't have to be super intense about it when you play it. Um, there's like this cool race element. So you're watching what the people doing. Um, I really felt like I got more into it. Like last time we played it, I was more concerned about how the heck do I get out? And this time I was like, Ooh, could I block somebody? Like maybe I need to move over here. And I didn't think about that before. Like the strategy that comes out and what cards you draft. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And that makes me sad because I was hoping we could get this. Again, I would play it. It's just, I would rather play something else more. But if I could get it for cheap, like five dollars, I would I would buy it. Of course. Or I could trade for it. I know you like it, so I I would play it. I just because it was fun. I just would rather play something else. I just think I think it it is a nice. It would be a nice. I don't not even gateway, but like mid level game, a next game for people. And I can think of several people that would I think would really enjoy it and like kind of catch on to that and would like it. So I do not disagree with you on that front. Okay. I'll let that be. So then last we have a game that we sort of both gave a second chance to. Um, And it's not because we didn't necessarily hate it the first time and refuse to play it. It's just that it was probably one of our biggest disappointments as far as games go ever. We were so pumped up for Dragon's Gate College. Um, We saw Rado play it. It looked really great. It was like Harry Potter without the IP. It seemed awesome. And then we played it and we're like, what the heck is this? At least I was. I was like, what? What? What's happening? This isn't what? So we tried it again. And I still liked it. I liked it the first time. And I think I might have liked it more this time. Let's talk about the game for a little bit. This is a dice drafting game where you're trying to draft these dice to put some polyominoes onto a board to have room to put teachers and students to ultimately be able to send students out to perform like quests. So they're going out of the school to go out in the real world and do some stuff. 
And the the interesting thing here about the dice drafting is there's a couple, maybe there's always one die of your color, but there may be more. But there's also neutral dice. So if I draft a die and I draft, say I'm red and I draft a blue player's die, I get to take their action, but so does the blue player. So if I draft a number three, I get to take a number three action, and then the blue player gets to take a number three action just like they'd taken the die. But if you take a neutral die, you're the only one that gets to take that action and no one else gets to do it. And then later on in the game, there's going to be this black die that comes in on certain rounds. And if somebody takes that die, everybody gets to take the action, which is pretty neat. So it's just dice drafting, but in an interesting, different way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that part's okay, but I feel like the actions that I have to choose from are lame. I feel like you just sort of, like, it seems unfinished. Like, I want to be able to do more. Like, I want to be able to build up my students to, like, train them or something to make them stronger so they can go out on bigger quests. Um, there's, like, a, we kept referring to it as a chamber of secrets where you go through, move through and get bonuses. That's too short. I feel like there's no real incentive there. Like, nothing's really happening. Uh, I, uh, it, it has the makings of what could be really good, but it just doesn't get there for me. I don't know. I don't, I don't mind that as much. It just feels like a Euro game that doesn't let me do everything that I want to do. So that doesn't bother me. It, but the thing that bothered me the most about the game is some of the iconography will, will, could be used as income but it could also be a one-time benefit when you build a building. Yeah. So you're trying to figure out, well, this is income for you. Why is it not income for me? Why is it a one-time deal for me, but you get it for the next five rounds? Yeah, the, the iconography is really bad. That was rough. It's unclear. And also, I mean, the production quality is crap, like for real. Well, it's it's all beige. You don't like that? It's terrible. It looks so <laughs> ugly. It is horrific. It really is ugly. I think... London might look better than this game. <laughs> and and like by far, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, but again, I don't care about that. But it is it is kind of ugly. Yeah, I just care about like and yeah, I don't like it when a game restricts me from stuff, but even that is I feel like I don't want to say it's pointless, but I just feel like you can't like it's not like if you committed to doing one certain strategy, you could see how it would pay off in one way, not another. Or vice versa. I just I just think it's like they took a bunch of mechanics and chucked them together and like, okay. Um, and I, I, I just want more. I think there needs to be more development there. I think it could be great. It just needs um, it needs to be amped up for sure. I can see that. I will say of the three games that were my second chance games, this was the best one for Are me. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. Like, I like this better than... The quest for Stinkerado. Oh my gosh, and, uh, no way. No way. You're wrong. <laughs> yes. No, it's way better. No, it's not. You are absolutely wrong. That's asinine. I can't believe you said that. Bleep time. <laughs> no, there is no way. Road to El Dorado is way better than this. There's strategy. There's stuff happening. It's a fully developed game. This feels like a prototype that then was never revisited after people gave feedback. Still better than Quest for El Dorado. It's not. And if the person who made this game is listening, I'm sorry, you may be a great person. Let me help you make this an awesome game. We'll do it together. Right They're now, not it's not even pretty okay. They're not listening, but... They're from Europe. I don't even They're know who it is. Europe. That's the other thing. Once again, Katie doesn't know who made the game or who published it, so <laughs> there you go. 
I know who published it. I don't know the designers much, but this is NSKN before they turned into board and dice. I was like, it's so like, like right before they hit like Teotihuacan and all that, this game came out. Uh, yeah, I, this did not. It fell. It, 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 it reminded me why it disappointed me all over again. Oh, it's not that bad. Don't listen to her, people. It, it's not that bad. No. So there, those are the games that we gave a second chance to. Um, so what about you guys? If you hate a game once, is it dead to you? Or do you try it again? Um, are there games that you tried again and liked the second time? Or, you know, something changed your mind about it and you were in a better place to receive it, maybe? Or are there games that continue to be stinky, like Dragon Skate College? So tell us. <laughs> Find us on Facebook. Join the Riveted, please. We love to chat with you guys. Share and um, photos, like it is a great place to spend your quarantine time to see what people are playing, to talk about games. Like it's a fun, good place, good quality people. Nobody's being jerks. If you are a jerk, I will kick you out of there myself. I will be the bad guy, but we'll let anybody in. So just just head on over there, join the riveted hashtag the riveted. Um, find us on Instagram. Check out our YouTube channel. Jason's always posting videos because he's awesome at that. I am too busy making videos for my students who don't appreciate them. So that's why I'm not doing videos about board games. Um, but look at our videos, our Instagram, our Twitter. Talk to us. We love you guys. Um, the Riveted is honestly the best fans ever. You keep us going. You make me feel so special. Oh, you guys are great. I'm all my feels tonight. I had one hard cider and I'm just like, I love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You still couldn't change your mind about Dragon's Gate College. No, that thing is crap. I'm going to bring out the angry part of me. I'm done. Katie's an angry drunk. I am not. I am not. All right. I think before we derail, let's wrap up this episode. (laughs) I'm Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.